Holman, you know what gets my goat? Facebook groups. Wait, hold on. You have a goat? I do. <laughs> no. Wait, I've known you for like 25 years and you have a goat? Mm, I don't have a goat. Although when I worked at K-Rock, Bean, one of the morning show hosts, had a goat and he, he brought it in the studio. had a bell. Uh, he did have a bell, just like yours, yeah. yeah. Like you'd find it at a front desk of a Motel 6 in the 1970s. Where, where did Get Your Goat originate? You're going to have to look it up. And why would you use that? I don't know. Are you you old-timey lightning I have a lot of old-timey sayings that I got from people that I used to work with. You know what really gets my goat? Podcasting gets my goat. Well, there are some things like groovy that I say because I know we're old and funny, but there are other things that get my goat because I just, I don't know, I I, I think I got from old-timey DJs. Well, apparently when you type into Google, where did get my goat come from, Mm -hmm. um, it says uh, here at dictionary.com. Are you ready? Yeah, of course I'm ready. Well, so it's, it's opening. Now you're getting my goat. Uh, to make someone annoyed or angry, <laughs> Gavin may seem unflappable, but I know a way to get his goat. This expression comes from a tradition in horse racing. Thought to have a calming effect on high-strung thoroughbreds, a goat was placed in the horse's stall on the night before the race. Unscrupulous opponents would then steal the goat in an effort to upset the horse and cause it to lose the race. Right. Huh. I mean, I'm going to try that next show by placing a goat in the studio. <laughs> we'll see if it gets any Well, better. you interrupted my story. Is that one time we had a goat. So Bean brought his goat to the studio. But did you get it? And I did get it. Like, legit. So here's the deal. We're not allowed to have animals, of course, in the building. It's a high rise. It's like a 14-story building. We're on the ninth floor. Sure. And he takes them out of the elevator, obviously, to get to the ninth floor. And he hangs out for the whole show, just standing there, as goats do. But when goats go to the bathroom- They don't just stand there. When goats go to the bathroom, they have machine gun pellets that come out of their rear end. Yeah. Machine gun pellets. like a Especially in a small studio. Like like 70,000 clip. You know, they're just (laughs) everywhere. Guess whose job it was to clean all that up? Uh, Let me guess. This guy right here, Uh yes. Yeah. And so I do it. I clean it up like three times. He goes. I don't know. He's not eating in here. Was it's it like, pee? It's not like we had a hay bale or whatever. Was wearing a diaper? No, nothing. No, there was nothing. He was just right on the ground. And Bean would look at me, and I'm like, Oh God, it was my job. You know, I was I was the low man. Well, on the totem if pole. you were smart, you would duct tape a bucket to his tail. I should have done something like that. So here's what it's funny though that uh, Scott Mason, who was uh, n- unfortunately uh, n- no longer with us, yeah. but Scott Mason was the uh, operations manager of the radio station, and he catches wind that there's an animal. In the studio. Now, by catching wind, was it the smell? No. Well, got? they should have been. No, but you know what? You couldn't sell the smell. It was dry. It came out like dog food. Uh-huh. It's just like dry, crunchy and dog food. And I guarantee food. if you had a uh, golden retriever in there, you would probably- Probably would have yeah, lapped it up. Absolutely. Yeah. The door swings open, uh-huh. and Scott Mason says, you, do you guys have a goat in here? And Bean, who is standing next to the goat, he's sitting right next to the goat, uh-huh. looks in Scott Mason's eyes and uh-huh. says- there's no goat in here. Scott looks at Bean, looks at the goat, looks back at Bean, and he goes, okay. Closes the door and leaves. <laughs> if you lie so obviously, yeah. so insanely. There's it's, nothing. It's it's a just, bald it might as well face, be true. It's a bald-faced lie. It's so crazy. It's like some people will just go for it. Maybe they're hallucinating and the person's telling the truth. So he just leaves, and for the rest of the show, he just... 
He just shat pellets all over the uh, the ground that I had to clean up. Oh, well, what do you do? Uh, all right, so... Uh, <laughs> this now, is the Truck Show Podcast, episode number 165. Goat talk. Mm-hmm, goat talk. Greatest of all time. Well, we're trying to get your goat. Uh, all right, so goats uh, being well, got... We, we, we started we off... starting, you are talking about Facebook groups. Yeah, so what happens is, and, and, and we were talking about this off air, and we said, you know, let's talk about it on the air. I'm on all sorts of groups for work. And I'll, and personally too, I, Holman, you and I yeah. uh, share a group uh, managing uh, a, a an old K Rock group yep. for the for the previous morning show, and we have to police it, admin it, I guess what they say. Uh-huh. That's actually a pretty civil group, but there are some groups in the automotive scene. Like I'm on L5P Duramaxes only, and I'm on a, on a Ram group, and Holman's on uh, what well, you're on uh, the JL groups. Yeah, and, I'm on uh, a bunch of there's a, all uh, sorts of groups. So there's a couple JL owners groups that I actually really find. Uh, pretty fast, and there's actually some Jeep uh, product planners and engineers that I know personally that are also members of those groups. Sure, but that's not the part that gets well, your well, goat. But, no, but what's funny is like people don't know, and so when that person gives advice, oh no, blah blah blah. I'm like, that's literally the guy who made your vehicle, who made these decisions. He's telling you why that decision was made. He's telling you how it works, and you're sitting here, Mister Internet, you know, telling him that he doesn't know what he's talking about. He goes in. People who made your vehicle are paying this man to do more things like that, and you're going to argue with him. Well, so, so what yeah. we're talking about is in these groups, we find it interesting that there are some very knowledgeable people on that, that will share knowledge. Yep. Then there is another group that doesn't know as much, but they want to share everything they know, and then some just going to BS their way through the group and be Mr. Know-it-alls, right? Keyboard warriors. Yep. And there's a, yet another group that will bash everyone for everything. By the way, there's a keyboard warrior I got into it with the other a week for something like that. And this person was just an absolute a-hole. And I'm, I wrote to him and I'm like, listen, you are your self-righteousness is coming through and all you look like is a dick. And I got a Facebook uh, warning off that. Oh, did you really? I did. That you were abusing someone. That I was being abusive, abusive language, bullying somebody by saying that his self-righteousness was making him look like a dick. It's, yeah, well, let's not even get into Facebook policies these days. <laughs> yeah. But but here's another issue, is that I think this is a problem, is that we all log into a group, not all of us, if you're on a, a Facebook group, and rather than going in the search bar, and some people don't even know that the search bar exists. Clearly, you know, if you have a you have a a JL and you and you want to act, ask about I don't know uh, an alternative battery location or something, you can type in battery into the search bar and go through those answers. It's a pretty good filter. So people go onto the group, newbies, they join, and they immediately ask a, a, just such an obvious question that everyone just piles on them. Yeah. And I, I, I think that when you join a group, it's just like anything. If you join a, uh, you know, a club, right, a, 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 a vehicle owner's club in real life and you go to a, a, a Starbucks coffee, you know, meetup or wherever you go and you meet up and you, you you make some small talk, you learn who everyone is. Sure. You learn, like, what are the hot topics? And then you, you, you then you figure out who's the person I can ask this question to. Right. You don't just stand on a on a, you know, or. or Climb to the highest mountaintop and then just scream a question but, uh, that's to everyone. Not, no, before we started the show, you had a very good analogy, which is perfect. Use well, that analogy uh, here. Uh, so the analogy You're dancing is, around it. So just use ana- it. The analogy is it's like standing in a parking lot and just peeing rather than looking for a, a bathroom. Yeah. I, just I, standing all there just like- I don't you know, know how to look to the bathroom, so I'm just going to pee right here. Right here. I mean, if I dropped you off, if you were hungry and I dropped you off in a parking lot- You'd go find a store. You'd, you'd find you, some you way to eat, You wouldn't start eating right? the foliage out of the uh, 
the planter? No, you, you've got you've got some time. Like people just they they join the group and just blast off a question. Yeah, I just bought a uh, a, a Ram six point seven liter four by four. How many liters are in it? Is it, no, is it okay if I take it off road? You're like, yeah. you bought a four by four. Well, that's like the Jeep the Jeep stuff. Like uh, uh, there was a question just this week, and I was trying to look it up right now, where it's like, I just have the stock tires. Can I go off road? It's Jeep. It's, yes, that's why they make it. This other one was. And then you have to wonder, like, some of this stuff is so inflammatory, it's people just trolling. And one of them was no picture, right? And it was, I just bought a uh, a white Jeep and took it for my first service, and there's now a, a greasy handprint from the tech on it. Can anyone tell me how to take this off? And so people, because there's no photo and it's just inflammatory, people are like, yeah, battery acid, like going through all the things, that paint stripper, that'll but take it. I just think like sometimes those irritating. are legitimate. No, uh. but I think those are legitimate. People really don't. And you're like, well, how do you, how is this? Well, I joined a, a group. How do you own a car and not know how to take a greasy I joined handprint a off? jail group that's called uh, No BS, and they don't put up with any of that. If you have a smart ass answer, they boot you immediately. So it's actually a smaller group, but a lot more knowledgeable people sharing what they know. Regardless of how asinine the question may be, there's no like that dog pile on it. So, guys, it just gets annoying because there's so many times where you want to help somebody out. And listen, I don't know everything, clearly, but I have a pretty decent knowledge base compared to the average, you know, the average bear. And somebody will ask a question that I know the answer to, and then I'll put the answer, and I'll usually go. Several sentences, put some depth to it, take some time to write it out. If I'm going to write it, I, I don't want there to be a lot of follow-up questions because I didn't answer the question right. As now. do I. And then some a-hole, come on, no, dude, I heard my friend, my cousin Bob, you know, and you're just like, really? Like, did you even look at my profile to see if maybe I might be involved no, in no, something? No, they don't. And that's a problem. And, it's, and I will often go by profiles. And, and then when the guy blasts me back... I'll right-click, open up his profile in a new tab, and check him out. And go, oh, look at—he's got a Corvette, you know, Z06, and he's got a Mustang, and he's got this and that truck. And I go, he knows some stuff, but why is he so arrogant about what he knows? Like, why is he blasting me? Like, so, and then I'll make a comment about one of his cars, and that usually either freaks him out, it, it, it like it, um, it shakes the ground beneath them, right? Or uh, what do you call it? it? It gets them a little off kilter. Some sometimes it it pisses them off that I went to yeah. the profile. Yeah. Other times they're like, "Oh, I appreciate it, man," because I'll usually compliment them. Like, "Hey, look, I know you you, you must know something about cars because I see you've got a you know a GT three fifty. You got yeah. this or got that, you know." And so let's. But that doesn't give you a license to be an a hole. I don't say that. No, you, you don't want, want to. to. But I don't. I usually yeah. try to start with a compliment. Like, while you have a great point. Uh, I think you should blah, blah, blah. Or may I suggest this? I, I usually try and kill them with kindness up front. It doesn't always work, but I say nine out of ten times. But if you guys are on, on Facebook, I'd, I'd love to hear, have you got into any battles with anyone? And and if so, like... Social battle. What happened? Facebook because, crowd. Damn, there are so many keyboard warriors. And can I tell you this? When it's a keyboard warrior, I always click on their profile and it's just meme after meme after meme with no personal photos. Yeah. No freaking personal photos. But it's an interesting personality trait. Tolman, you have per you have photos of your family, as do I. Things you do, your vehicles, your house, you know what I mean? If yeah. you're re-roofing your house, you got pictures of it. These guys who are keyboard warriors don't share anything well, about themselves you personally. You would think that it would have gotten better. Like Facebook groups have taken over forums, right? And forums were used to be where we all did all that stuff. 
And other than a, uh, an avatar, you may not, or a signature, you may not have known anybody. Well, with Facebook groups, you can pretty much click and figure out who these people are for the most part. And you would think like this behavior would mellow out a little bit, but no, human nature is human nature. Well, it's weird is that um, Facebook was founded on it's really you. Right, that in very in the very beginning, remember you had yeah. to have a .dot edu, yeah. and you know yeah. you had to be a college a person, student to get in, yeah. and a real person, right? And they yeah. would verify you back in the day. That, that only lasted for like two years, yeah. right? We can't but, monetize college but, kids, but it was real. But now I have since talked to a dozen guys who have fake profiles, so they can either troll people yeah. or they can now. I now, don't have that much time in a day. Now one guy is a cop, so I understand that, right? So that makes sense. Um, you know, he didn't want to be. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of police a, officers a I know that like don't this. have their name on it. So, I, so I get that. Yeah. But there are other guys who just one one guy I know who does that. He runs an amusement park. Well, he's clearly amusing himself. No, but I mean, like he's it, like it's, it's so weird that you, why do you have an alternative personality? And and, and you know, I don't know. He's just like I, I don't want to be. I don't want to battle with anyone, and I want to be able to say what I want to say. And I'm like, I don't know. That's lame. That's it's just like that's the cop that hides behind the billboard that nails you for radar and you you didn't know he was there so you didn't have time to slow down it's like it's not fair Facebook is supposed to be a level playing field. No, it's all, not. No, hold on. No. We all see photos. You're a real human, right? We can all say this. Guy. I'm pretty sure that I've been on Facebook and there are a lot of not real photos on there. A lot. I'm just saying. I wish they were. Okay. Well, then no, you need not. to go. I know. Yeah. I live, maybe I live in a fantasy yeah. land a little bit. All right, what's on the show, Mr. Holman? Uh, let's see, we've got our friend Matt Felderman uh, making a return from uh, AEV to talk about some of the uh, new products they're releasing for some of the trucks, like the uh, Gladiator and the Ram, a bunch of cool stuff there. And then we've got all sorts of news, like what do you think about a uh, six-figure Jeep? <laughs> a, a what? A six-figure Jeep. Over $100,000. What if it had a really good stereo, though? Would you be in then? I'm more inclined to be interested in it, but it, not at six figures. It's a really, really good stereo. <laughs> Speaking of stereos, this is a great segue into the Nissan Titan with its Fender audio system. Right. If you're looking for a full-size or mid-size truck, look no further than your friends at Nissan. No, Nissan, no, our friends at Nissan. Well, yeah, but they know that they're our friends. Or our now friends they're their, are their friends. friends? Yes. Okay, got it. It's like uh, it's like Kevin Bacon's Six Degrees of Separation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you know us, you know Nissan. You walk into the Nissan dealer, and they're like, oh, yeah, we know the guys in the Truck Show it's podcast. Like, What's up, Wait, Bob? Hold on. Hold on. I don't know him, but hey, hey, my buddy Bob over there, his cousin knows those guys. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that how that works? All right. Hook him up with a discount. Yeah, that's you know right. What I mean? yeah. you, know, you know what? Because they know us, yeah. they're going to get the best warranty in the business. Five-year, 100,000 miles uh-huh. on the new Titan. And that's just because they know us. That's it's not offered to anyone else anywhere. Just, just us, no, just our fans, just our our, our okay. listeners. All right, I like that. That's mm-hmm. uh, that is, I believe, when you open up the uh, uh, Nissan USA website, mm-hmm. it actually has a little box that says "Click here for the Truck Show Podcast Warranty." It's just this, no, it's an asterisk what? That, that says "Only good to Truck Show uh, Podcast." Which is funny. Listeners. It's very ironic that they would offer a Truck Show Podcast Warranty extension on their products, but we have no warranty on the show because <laughs> we expired. <laughs> I mean, on <laughs> episode long, two, long time yes. ago, along with those fruitcakes. Uh huh. All right, uh, if you are looking for a Titan, Titan XD, NV van, midsize Frontier, now's a great time to head on down to your local Nissan dealer, and of course, tell them we sent you. And apparently, our friends at Decked make the most huckable drawers in the West. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, so, our listener, Jack Sandoz, yep. that has written us a couple times, and the last time, he sent us a note that said- Whoa, whoa back hey, up. He's the, our listener that won the 500- Five-star meetup event decked 
drawer system giveaway. Oof. You had a rough time. Wow, getting that was hard. But, you, but a, you did it, though. It's been rusty. I mean, it's been a while you, since you did, we saw the, people the in a while. So he won a deck system. Yeah. And then rather than just enjoying it, putting tools and stuff, he takes it out to the desert and, and hucks it. Uh, impressively enough that it got our attention in the photographic form. In the videos that he sent us, and he his his whole deal was how tough the drawers are. So we are, are going to give him a call uh, in this episode because we thought it would be great for you to hear from a decked owner who brutalizes his truck on a regular basis <laughs> and has now become a, uh, a, a second-tier R&D test uh, dummy like we are. You no, know, we're not test dummies. We're test engineers. Clearly, I... Uh, <laughs> I I was speaking out of turn there. Dude, he doesn't just huck the thing. <laughs> yeah. He has stuff bolted up. We'll, 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 we'll get into it. All right. So well, decked.com yeah. is where you go to check out the sliding drawer system, which we will be talking about shortly. And don't forget, you can still get yourself a crossover toolbox, a D box, a D bag, a cross box, and all the other accessories that come with those deck systems. And again, decked.com. Well, in case our friend Jack uh, blew out his shocks on landing, <laughs> I would send him over to uh, duralastparts.com where uh, he can find over 900 application-specific parts available covering 98% of all vehicles on the road in either a twin-tube or monotube design. They match the OE design for better handling and stability. And they're engineered to deliver OE performance with chrome piston rods to prevent corrosion and deliver a long life. If you are in the market, head on over to Duralast.com or at your local AutoZone. Let's start the show! The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. What the truck Cause truck rides with The truck show We have the lifted We have the lowered And everything in between We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel And the ones that run on gasoline The truck show The truck show The truck show It's the truck show With your hosts Lightning and Holman I hear you. I hear you. Stop ringing the bell. I'm just so excited about this show. You know, I'm excited about every show. We've been doing this for, you know, almost 200 episodes now, if you include all the bonuses. And I still wake up in the morning and I go, hello, sun. (laughs) Hello, birds. Hello, clouds. Now, what's that from? That's from a children's book. What is that from? <laughs> Something. I know you've read I, that I, to I, your daughter. I know. That's where it's going to No, I've read that, too. I've read that same yeah. thing to my kids. Yeah. Hello, birds. Hello, sun. Hello, hello cloud. What is that? And then I wake up and uh, get out of bed and I stretch and I go, it's podcast day. And that's no, how I, I roll into the world like that on every Tuesday. You it's don't. You, what you do is you're, I know you're exactly like me. Uh-huh. You're laying in bed. Yeah. You open your iPhone. Uh-huh. You click on the calendar icon uh-huh. and you read episode X and you go, oh, oh it's going to be a long ass day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Better we eat are my just Wheaties for lunch. Gluttons for punishment, aren't we? We are. I, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so here, funny story is, uh, okay, so I have my regular job uh, at Motor Trend. Wait, you have a regular job? Uh, and I got the podcast. But on top of that, I also do a lot of hosting of videos for work and different uh, marketing projects. And might I say- you're pretty good. Yeah, I'm okay. I, I you're days. pretty good. So one of these companies asked me to host another set of videos because they liked what I did mm-hmm. last year. So we just got that signed, and they're like, hey, uh, Holman, we uh, uh, this company came back, and they want you back. Who? I uh, can't tell you yet. Uh, all right, tease. All right, whatever. So, so anyway, uh, they're like, hey, this is so I'm like, oh, okay, I got something else to do. And then we're doing this project with a major, uh, uh, let's say a- Major paint manufacturer, who you might be familiar with with a big box store, were building a giveaway van 
as part of this. So my side job has been making sure the van is outfitted properly for the sweepstakes that they want to do. And I'm going to be doing a walk around on that. And then I found out there's a product giveaway for somebody building their vehicle for Moab. And so they want me to do go to this person's house next weekend. I found out about it yesterday and they're like, Holman, are you available next weekend? We need you to go to this person's house and present them with these parts because it's part of the uh, content thing we're doing for a pre-Moab uh, you mean build. You mean on camera? On camera. Okay. So on top of my day job, it's like, hey, I need you for this, need you for this. So like, I don't, I don't know what weekends are anymore. Yeah. I like, I'm just trying to find like time to. Like, honestly, my wife goes to bed. I go to, you know, Hot Rods and Handguns, and I smoke a cigar and have a bourbon. That's like my own free time I now. cannot help. So you've posted a few photographs of yeah. you at Hot Rods and Handguns smoking a cigar, yeah. drinking a old-fashioned whatever yeah. is in your hand, while I'm at home editing the show and going, well, that sucks. And I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then but, on the weekends, I'm, I'm doing the same damn thing. But then on but, the weekends, you send me the show on Saturday uh, at midnight, and then my Sunday is, oh, I go to church, and then I listen to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's interesting? You're, you're getting all this work, and uh, and I'm getting busted for being me on video. Why? So we've received a couple of emails, not a lot, but, okay. uh, you know, like six or fewer, somewhere on there. From, from me? No, no, no. Okay. Well, I don't. I mean, I hope they're not from you. I don't think they would be from you. <laughs> okay. It's the, the ones are like, "Hey, you guys are yuckety yucks," and and um, you're stop it with your fake laughter and all that stuff, right? Where the guys just think we're we're we're, we're overboard, right? But here's we're, the we're thing. Really being, oh, let me finish. You bothered them enough that they wrote about it, right? Because they could have just bailed out. Uh, I guess so. So yeah, I, I guess it's a weird compliment so that they're compliment. listening, right? Yeah. Well, so then I got kind of the same thing on on my banks built video series at work. Where they're like, hey, stop it with the with the announcer guy, right? Meaning me, because I I have like, if you guys listen, you can tell I'm We've talked about it. I'm spastic, right? And I'm that way on video a little bit too. So I've had to learn over the last six weeks how to just take it down a notch. Wait, and it's, you've taught yourself that on video, but yet not on the podcast. After well, three I years. think I think it's different because in audio, if I take it down a notch like this, it just sounds boring and dull. Yeah, but sounds, that's but, not how you do your videos when you take it down a notch, though. Uh, it's just uh, because you have another medium to come across. You, you have another way of reaching them. You don't have to be in their face like this, blah, blah, blah. But, but on a this podcast, is, uh, I think we need to be. So I, I'm, I feel like I'm purging right now. Yeah, you are. But it's it's weird. Super that, insider baseball. People are going to look at us and go, wow, I thought they had they had their S together. No, no, they know we don't have anything together. We <laughs> <laughs> don't pretend that we we're ever still, did. But we're still just two guys who get together every, you know, once a week, every few days. I'm just, just throwing a podcast. I'm just, I'm just keeping it. Listen, I, I really appreciate you guys listening to us, watching me, some that do, and and watching Holman, you guys that do, whether it's his commercial work or stuff for his secret sponsors. I think I think it's super rad. We're both pumped. And uh, it, it's always a learning experience. It's a pain, big pain in the ass. We're trying not to be <laughs> phony a-holes. You know, we're trying to just keep it real. Yeah. And uh, so it, it, it's interesting. You know, we're just, as old as we are, we're, we're still learning is what I'm saying. Every day. Enough of this. Let's talk to uh, Matt Felderman at AEV. Do you have uh, his number over there? I'm dialing it right now. All right, cool. Good evening, Zay. Is this one Mr. Matt Felderman from AEV Lightning and Home and Truck Show Podcast? What's up, man? How you doing? We got a quick intro. Ready? Don't don't move there, Matt. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you stop! 
then you want to come back. Matt, I think we've introduced you with that jingle a few times now. You've been a guest on our show four, four this times? Is four? Is this number four? I think so. I, th- I don't know if I've heard that intro, though. Is that new? Well, no. I think that might be a newer version than what we've played in the past. Lightning likes to mess with our jingles every I once don't, in a while. I'm not, I, I <laughs> don't okay, let him. Oh, okay, let's be honest. Sometimes he pushes the wrong button. It's the old jingle. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible. I'm not denying that. All right, so we uh, have our yeah, friend. Happy uh, to be back. Yeah, we have our friend Matt Felderman from uh, American Expedition Vehicles on. Uh, recently held a uh, an online live chat, and uh, there was a lot of questions coming up about some AV product uh, being released and you guys catching up after the COVID supplier uh, delays and a lot of the uh, a lot of vehicles are starting to hit dealerships if you want one that's uh, that's been factory built by AEV. So I figured it'd be a good time to have you back and, and talk through some of the stuff you guys got going on because yeah, it's and, a lot. And why a live chat? Because that could be dangerous. What if you, someone asks you a question that you don't have an answer for? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it happens all the time. But yeah, it's, it's something that I do in our, um, we have a private fa- private facebook group um that a lot of our customers more engaged customers join and um it's something i do on a monthly basis so it's it's kind of fun get to you know answer questions and give updates and all that kind of stuff so pretty cool now is is holman either a moderator or a uh, uh a uh, a badged member I mean, did- <laughs> holman is a badged admin yeah so oh. he is my he is my west coast uh you know, eyes on the Matt goes to bed, the and then I approve all know. the riffraff. Is that true? Yeah, I I'm in bed eight o'clock East Coast time, so anything can happen after that. So not today, you're I not. Got- <laughs> <laughs> well, what you guys don't know is I'm I'm posting some trash in that forum right now. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny that that yeah, I mean, you know, from the Duramax forums and stuff like that, you got to weed out some of the you know just the people who are just there to to cause problems and troll although i think it's a little different on a on a uh, on a chevy silverado forum or a duramax forum yeah i think forum. it's worse it is much worse yeah. because if i'm there in an aev group I'm there, hopefully, with constructive criticism. I'm there with uh, to help a, yeah. a, a, another member who's well, got an issue. Well, just think about it. The part of it is like the whole mentality is totally different because you know yeah. you're AV. You're probably interested in exploring and new people anyway, and getting to know people and learning more about your versus like a pissing contest for who has the most torque out of who, whatever snake oil tuner got put on their D Max, right? So. Um, the the thing I like about the AV group on Facebook is that everybody is super mature and chill and very yeah. helpful. And um, there's a lot of really engaged members that help answer questions before we even get to them. And then I just help out like, you know, as as long as somebody's, you know, kind of like I help you out with the, the Kevin and Bean uh, Facebook group, mm-hmm. right? If they answer the questions and they're legit, I let them in. If they don't answer the question, then I don't. And that way Matt in the morning decides if he wants to let them in or not. But for the most part, yep. it's actually kind of fun. Now on the group, Matt, how many people are on there, to the best of your knowledge, that do not currently own an AEV product but are scoping it out thinking about it? Because as we've said before to you in person, you don't make cheap parts, right? So your parts right. are lusted over for sometimes a guy may want a, one of your bumpers for years. Exactly. So me, I, I, I'm on forums for various parts Then I'm like, mm, at some point I'm going to finally go for it. I'm going to spring for it. How many, what, what percentage do you think own versus want to own? Yeah. And, and that's, that's something I, th- I think there's a good percentage and I think that's important to touch on because, you know, our, I, I truly feel like Facebook groups are becoming the new forum in some regards 
you know, it's kind of that community within a community that you can kind of, you know, deal with very like-minded people within a, a, a very niche, um, group. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of people join the Facebook group because they want to see, like, they want to see something different than me as AEV putting out, you know, social media posts. They want to see someone like Sean who uses our suspension. What's his, you know, what's the real deal with it? Is it really that good or, you know, is it all marketing? Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of people who come in and, it, you know, I'm a big fan of the suspension. I think it's the best all-around suspension that you can get for a Wrangler. It's just the fact that they're engineering the geometry, the shocks they use, how everything's tuned. You've ridden in my Jeep. I mean, you wouldn't believe that solid axle is definitely better than a um, than. No, I was uh, I was stunned. I mean, even driving was, up I, to I, Big I Bear stunned. when we went, we're on curvy roads and there's almost no understeer. No, we corner went. Slot. No, we went back when we came home and you took that dirt road yeah. that I didn't even know existed, yeah. by the way. Mm-hmm. And I've lived here my whole life. And dude, that thing was crazy rocky. Yeah, and it was it was soaking it up. But without any of the harshness that I expected to get, not not expected from an AV, but just expected from a Jeep, yeah, from a solid axle and everything. So, you know, we've talked about their tuning philosophy and stuff like that, and I think it really it really matters. Now, this isn't going to be the the right suspension for the guy that wants shiny anodized race parts and they want to put forty twos and all that kind of stuff. There's other companies out there for that, and there's nothing wrong with those 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 suspensions work great. But for the average person who's a daily driver, this vehicle's double duty. He's got car seats in the back. His wife drives it. He commutes in it, um, covering freeways and bumpy roads and dirt roads, and then wants to go, you know, on a, a whether it's a weekend outing or a month long uh, month long exploration. It'll do it without any squeaks and rattles, without any issues. You're not gonna, you know, have any codes come up on your, you know, ESC like some kits do. And for me. With thirty, if all you're going to run is thirty sevens, and you want the stock fenders, this suspension is what do you ideal. Mean all you're going to run is thirty seven. Like I'm that's, not. That's big for some people. Well, I, know. I know by today's standards, <laughs> yeah, yeah. running forty twos, but thirty sure. sevens. But for me personally, like I'm not going to run forties. I don't want to get into axles and all that kind of stuff. And for me, a JL with thirty sevens sits just right. AV two and a half inch lift. Um, and the fact that it has the geometry correction brackets means you can keep your stock arms. You're not worrying about you know maintaining Johnny joints and all that. And there's nothing wrong with having eight adjustable arms on your your rig, or you know I guess it would be, yeah, I guess it would be eight plus you know adjustable track bars and things like that. You just don't need it. So to me, keep it simple. The the more stock stuff that you can keep on there, especially with the Jeeps after the new steering upgrade that have a beefier track bar, beefier drag link, and the new cast iron steering box, it's perfect for the AV stuff. It's plenty beefy for 37s to really push it, but you're not going to have to worry about stuff breaking and it's super reliable and it doesn't require the maintenance that a race-based suspension might, might require. Why is he on the show now? What new products are we unveiling to our audience? Well, I think uh, we should probably talk about new suspension variants, Matt, because I think that's pretty exciting. Uh, and then also the RAM stuff that's finally coming out, and a lot of it's backwards compatible to the fourth gen. I think before anything, I think it would be unjust of me to not touch on the JL front bumper, JL and Gladiator front bumper, and the Wrangler rear bumper. Those were obviously a long time coming. Um Really excited about those. <laughs> Not for me. For- <laughs> oh, wait, wait, how, how long for those who've been waiting? I don't. I don't know. Go back in the. Go back in past episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. He was one of our first guests, yeah, and we are I, three years in. 
Yeah, I, I'm sure if you scan the titles, you'll see one AEB debuts, you know, from Bumper at SEMA. But yeah, it, it's been a while. Um, in all seriousness, it has. It, it took us, geez, better part of two and a half years, I think, to to bring the thing to market. Um, so, so Matt, but, as as a marketing guy. That's yeah. maddening because uh, I know what you're going through and all you want to do is bring new parts to market and you're just screaming at the engineering team going, seriously, how perfect well, is does it need to be? I, I wish it was like that, but I, I can't even point the finger because in, in at AEV, at least, um, you know, at my level of involvement, it's pretty transparent where the holdups are. And, you know, it's not like one person's just holding the key to this thing. It's like a perfect... Everything has to work. There's so many moving pieces and everything just has to work right for something to, to come out the way you want it. And um, throughout the entire process, it was, it, you know, it was a struggle. But a lot of that, you know, really stems from the innovation that we were trying to, you know, employ in this bumper. You know, th this is our first hot stamped um, front bumper. We've always been stamping bumpers, but this is something where we took our hot stamp boron steel technology that we um, started using on the Colorado Bison Project with GM. By, by the way, real quick, yes, he did say bumper technology, right? And you guys are stamping, and so for, for people who are going, I don't understand why that matters, AV has more of like a um, – the aesthetic is more OE, it's more flowy – that's it's not like the fab bumpers that are like plate steel that are you, welded you into might, shape. You might think that it was, forgive me, plastic from from a hundred feet away because it's yeah. so cur it, the way it curves yeah, perfectly. It's shaped and it's right. and it matches the body lines and it. You might even think it's a factory bumper, but those are stamped bumpers. And now AV's taken another level because they learned so much from the uh, uh, hot boron stamped steel from the Chevy Colorado Bison, which you can actually buy from a Chevrolet dealership as well as from AEV, um, they've, they're now taking that technology into other places. And so, Matt, maybe explain why the boron steel makes such a difference. Yeah, and why stamping? Because stamping is so inexpensive to do. It's so cheap for those molds, right? Obvious sarcasm <laughs> coming through. Right? Yeah. Um, well, first, let me, let me start with um, Jay's question. You know, stamping, it, we're... We've just always been committed to stamping, uh, one, for the aesthetics that it gives, and two, for the strength. You know, just the sheer, you know, stamping process going from a traditional press break manufacturing process to stamping, that stamping process in itself does so much for the strength of the structure that you're creating. So, you know, that direction is something that we've committed ourselves to. And then we combine that with the technology that we learned, you know, all the lessons that we learned um, developing the skid plate packages for the for the bison. You know, this is really good technology, but there's a lot of learning curves to it because it is not the same animal. You know, it's still stamped like traditional steel, but the, the real draw for us to hot stamp boron steel is it's insanely high yield strength. Um, you know, you're talking traditional steel, maybe 25,000 or 25 KSI, where this, you know, you're looking at 200 KSI. You know, it, it's insanely strong. But that also comes with some drawbacks when you're looking for metal that can deflect. You know, this doesn't deflect. Once you, once you hit that yield strength, 
it doesn't want to bend. Man, when you're talking about stamping a structure to go on the front of a vehicle, you know, every bend, radius, everything matters to, to make this a feasible, safe product. And there were countless learning curves. Yeah, to get there. And of course, it deforms differently. So you have to make sure that it's good for airbag and for crash and all that kind of stuff. But Matt, Matt, I'm just I'm just curious. How do you as a as a guy who's on the the public facing side with on Facebook and marketing, placing ads, all this stuff. And maybe we've talked about this before, so I apologize. But I'm curious, how do you get the message out to the guy that says, I get a bumper that I can buy at uh, at this retailer? And it's X dollars, right? It's it's seven hundred bucks. And it came from China. Doesn't and... matter. But but it looks good. It's pretty. They've they've uh, rhino lined it or or line X'd it so it covers up all the welds and it looks pretty. And then they've got an AEV and it's triple the price. How do you as a marketing guy convey that without spending, you know, twenty minutes explaining boron steel hot stamping? There there's so many options out there, but there there's really truly only one option. You know, when you're talking a stamped factory style aftermarket front bumper. And yes, there's a huge price difference between our front bumper and, you know, brand XYZ that you can pick up at your four wheel parts or, you know, mail order, wherever. You know, our products are harder to get, they're more expensive. You know, everything about it, you know, puts us at one end of the spectrum or another as far, you know, when someone's looking to buy. So all I can do is really try and convey, you know, the facts about it, you know, the technology that goes into it, the advantages, the, um, the thought that we put into things like, you know, hiding wire, you know, when you're running the lights, we give you areas to hide that. So it's all seamless and hidden integration with factory fog lights, recovery points that are tested. Um, the camera, you the know, forward facing camera, you guys have a solution yeah. for that now too. No, right. I, see, the I front, prefer the front skid plate. I prefer 3M adhesive tape yeah. with a uh, plastic <laughs> J-hook from uh, Harbor Freight. That's what I prefer. Well, I can tell you <laughs> that I've got an early bumper that isn't boron steel, but an early version right. on mine. And I've dropped into a hole out in the Mojave on like a stone section that was coming up out of a riverbed. And it was a giant hole that swallowed my entire front tire. And I dropped straight down into it and I landed right on the toe point where the skid plate was, and there was almost no damage. I literally brushed all the rocks that were stuck to it off and spray-painted it black, and you can't even tell. Like, the strength uh, is amazing, even from that product, let alone from the boron. But I think the other thing that, you know, for the expense, part of what you get is everybody's putting another 1,000 pounds of crap on their Jeeps or their trucks, and then they're loading it with camping and all that other stuff. So wherever you can save weight, now you don't have a ride penalty. You don't have all that extra weight hanging out over the front with the winch. You can kind of start putting weight in other places because it's not weighing you down from your bumpers, you know, things like that. You know, that that's an interesting point because that is often one of the first questions that, that I get asked is, did you do it for weight savings? And that actually wasn't any part of our design plan because we are happy with the weight using like a JK bumper weight as like a target weight, that weight actually works really good with, um, you know, our factory suspension tune and everything. So we really didn't need to make it lighter. So what we were able to do is take that Delta of the weight that we would have saved and add that into strength. 
So our goal was to really make a significantly stronger bumper than our old, you know, traditional um, stamp steel bumper without adding any additional weight on top of that, which that was that was really what we found was was the opportunity. So let's uh, talk about what products uh, in the product line are either uh, boron steel now that you've introduced or what's coming up that will mm-hmm. also be boron steel. Going back to Chevy Colorado, um, we have an entire front to back skid plate package for that, as well as a um, stamped steel differential skid plate or and, diff and slider. You, people may be surprised to find out that the Chevy Colorado ZR2 does not come with a fuel tank skid from the factory. And what? And I once asked uh, the the guys at Chevy, I said, "Why you have every other skid plate? Why not that?" Because we'll sell it in the aftermarket. I'm like, you cheap bastards. You know, like, <laughs> just give the people a skid plate. So AV actually has, it's almost like a belly pan. It's a complete, yeah. like, you can slide the whole truck along the belly, no problem, with that whole skid plate package. Yep. Yeah, it's six, six individual pieces. They all kind of, sta- you know, go together like a puzzle. And it's a really cool package when it's all together. Moving on to, to JL, the, the front bumper is hot stamped the front skid plate is also hot stamped as of right now those are between the skid plates and the jl front bumper and um front skid plate those are the only hot stamped products that we currently have out now future generations of the jl front bumper obviously we know there's a full width front bumper coming that will also be hot stamped you know and this i i can just touch on this real quick the thing with hot stamping is it doesn't necessarily have an application everywhere. Ram, for example, in order to achieve the strength that we need that to be, it's just not, it doesn't make sense to do that out of, you know, doing it hot stamped. It really doesn't. There, there's not as big of a gain. So the fifth gen Ram bumper that just came out, that is still a traditional stamping. So this is kind of a, evolving thing if there's a benefit to be had we'll explore it if not we may stick with traditional manufacturing because it's not a silver bullet as far as you know making the best bumpers out there so let's talk about the ram bumpers and i think people are excited because not only are the ram bumpers uh, starting to trickle in but also the intercooler um skid plates essentially the protection and the fact that they are backwards compatible for people who have the last generation of truck Fifth generation Ram front bumpers just came out. Uh, well, I shouldn't say just, the time flies. I think that was just a little bit before Christmas, maybe. Ram front bumpers came out. Ram rear bumpers, that's the big deal for a lot of the fourth generation guys. Because our There Ram hasn't been an option. Bump- right, right. The rear bumper is backwards compatible all the way to 2010. So 2010 and newer guys can get the rear bumper. Yeah, the front and rear bumpers are the same that you're seeing on any of our current fifth-generation Prospector, Prospector XL builds. Um, we have the different corners for the front bumper to work with our Highmark flares or work with factory fender flares. So whichever way you're building the truck, it's going to look real, you know, a, a real nice and clean appearance. I, I love the Ram bumper. It's one of my favorite bumpers out there, period, for any platform. I think it's just... Awesome looking. I love the low bar on it. It just a PXL, a Prospector XL with the forty package and the high flares. Yeah. I mean, that I'm looking thing, at it right now, and it's so just. Sick. I'm. I, can you see the drool right here on the corner? Yeah, of my it's mouth? getting caught up in your goatee. <laughs> yeah, there. sorry about that. I'll just wipe. But 
if you guys haven't so seen good it, looking. Like, go to aev-conversions.com and check out the Prospector XL. It's like the the childhood toy you always wanted, except you can play with it in a, an adult sandbox. But 40s from AEV, the fact that um, you trim the fenders, put these big flares on it, and what's the lift end up being? It's like a three-inch lift. So Yeah, it, yeah. It's it drives like a, stock. A, yeah, exactly. Or better. I mean, I drove I drove the green kind of R&D rig that was at SEMA, the show rig, and that had 41s on it with the 8100 shocks, and I just I couldn't believe that something on 40s plus drove and rode that well. It was stunning and how quiet it was. Um, so basically, if you're looking on their site, the green yep. one, yeah, it's just it's such a mean and serious looking, and and with the new the, the Rams new design, uh, with that big old grill and the way the lights are, it's one yeah. of my fa- favorite out of anybody making any kind of conversion vehicle from you know the factories that you could buy, whether it's a a Roush or you know somebody like that. I mean, the AV Prospector XL has to be one of the best looking trucks you can go to a dealership and pick out today. You know, and that's a cool, that's one thing that I really love about all, all the vehicles that we do is like, they all have their own personality. You know, you have the, the ZR2 and the Bison packages, and then you have the Prospector, Prospector XL packages, and then you have the Jeep packages, and they each have like their own, you know, what they're really good at, and they kind of have their own personality. So it, it's a neat range of vehicles. Do you expect to go into the Chevy full-size market anytime soon? Is that I mean, with you know, touching on it with the with the Colorado and the you know the the midsize, but really yeah. you know showing your prowess with the Prospector XL, there are so many guys that 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 monkey with their uh, you know their their Silverado and and um, and Sierras and Denalis that feel like this would be a massive market for you. Or what's what's your feeling there? As you know, over the, over the years, we're not one to really get too far ahead of ourselves um you know right now honestly you know before expanding in it into anything new we have so much that we need to see through you know whether it's new you know suspension variants for the jeeps you know stuff for the rams stuff for the colorados and and bisons um it it's not yeah, going into another full size, I, it's not to say that it's not something we wouldn't want to do or would love to do, but it's not something that right now, um, you know, we're actively like spending time on. No, it's fine. Um, what we, I'm hearing is you don't have the bandwidth necessarily. And also you <laughs> you have picked and cho- chosen your platforms for now. Right, right. And yeah, and the way that like the Colorado program worked, that really gave us the opportunity to see how you know if something's planned out and really i don't know taking a different approach than say that we took with like our ram where we where we really you know step back and plan it out and really attack it full force obviously with the help of of an oem um that doing that yields such great efforts so um yeah but obviously like you said bandwidth it takes an insane amount of bandwidth to make that happen yeah, I mean, uh, and I think that, you know, AEV fans are already rabid from this, you know. It's, it's funny. You <laughs> You're have, not saying that they've been bitten by a dog that has a foam? No, no, okay. no, no. D- different than that. Okay. Uh, but similar all at the same time. 
um, they're willing to wait and they, they'll bitch about it, but they'll still wait. You know what I mean? Like they still want to be in the AEV family. They want to have that look. There's a community around, you know, the vehicles and the products, which is, which is really awesome to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think the, the running joke with everybody is sort of like, you know, when's the next product coming out and everybody teases yeah. about how long, but you know, you guys got <laughs> hit big time with, with COVID and you source, yeah. you know, almost every one of your products is sourced here and manufactured here in the United States. And so that didn't help. What are you uh, talking about? Nobody was shut down during COVID. Yeah, oh, right. wait. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Well, I just paid my registration on my Jeep, which mm-hmm. I bought in February, but because of COVID, I didn't pick up till June. And I'm like, why do I owe $550 already? I just bought this thing six months ago. I'm like, oh yeah, I bought it in February. Oops. <laughs> yeah. And Sean, you were, you were caught up in some of that because yeah. Michigan, along with, you know, one or two other states was definitely um, some of the first that got hit hard. And we went into a statewide shutdown, I think before, you know, it kind of went nationwide and that crippled our supply chain. So much of our stuff, like Sean said, aside from the wheels, everything's made in the States. 90% of that is being in Michigan. So when Michigan got hit, I mean, it crippled our supply chain, but fortunately I, I will say Politics aside, the way that Michigan chose to handle it has kind of helped us plateau. So, you know, bars and restaurants have suffered, but the automotive supply chain has stayed healthy, um, which is great. And we also got to see some of the some of the trickle down effect of the other companies in the industry who rely on China um, once everything all the dust settled then they were having the supply chain issues um where we were good we were sitting on parts so it kind of all, all worked out in the end just point this out for people who aren't familiar so aev essentially has kind of uh two tracks of modification you can do the the factory modifications where uh it's sold through a dealership aev builds them you get a data plate and all the stuff from a factory build or you can buy the parts piecemeal and one of the things that's awesome about the facebook community is a certain allocations, for example, like people have been waiting for the, the Wrangler bumpers forever and a certain allocation became available. So Matt did a thing on the Facebook group and said, all right, I've got 25 bumpers that we pulled away from the factory builds that are going to go out. If you want to buy one, raise your hand now, I'll add you to an Excel spreadsheet and the top whatever number, I'll do a lottery. I'll put you in to get your bumper. And so like that's the kind of like interaction that he does on the uh, the customer level to show, you know, hey, I'm doing my best to get this stuff out to you. And AV's always been really transparent when you have questions kind of telling you, hey, this is what we're up against, right. you know? That was me grasping at straws, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it, these people have been waiting two going on three years, and I have to tell them that, hey, look, you know, supply isn't quite what we hope it would be, but here's what we got. And, you know, everyone was awesome with it. I think that I, no one thought that it was unfair or, you know, I think everyone thought they had a fair shot in it. And, you know, we have more coming soon, That <laughs> that went surprisingly well. It's funny you brought that up. Hey Matt, back to the prospector XL only because it's my favorite yeah. thing that you've ever made ever. And, um, yeah. <laughs> Holman would disagree, but for me, no, it's, no, I love the, for me, it's just, it's, it's amazing. So for those of you that don't know, the prospector is built on a, uh, on a 2,500 series or 3,500 uh, or 3,500 series, 35. uh, Ram truck. And now that can come in the, uh, the 6.4 or the diesel 6.7 liter. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. So right now, and this is honestly 100% being driven by um, 
a lack of ring and pinions for the rear. Um, right now, the only gas variant that we offer is a power wagon because they, for whatever reason, still have the fourth generation rear. So little odd fact there, but yeah. Um, yeah, they have a unique, uh, a unique axle. So it's an yeah. AAM axle with a unique uh, ring gear and, and uh, traction adder. So basically the power wagon is unique in the fact that most trucks, when they're unlocked, the differentials are open. In a power wagon, you can lock it up like you can with a normal locker, but when it's unlocked, it's actually a helical limited slip. And so it's a very unique axle only to that that vehicle. So they're kind of special in that way. Interesting. Well, I did not there know you that. Okay. Yeah. So that one we can uh, we can set up properly, but um, until there's you know readily available ring ring and pinions available for the fifth gen, we um, are restricting gas trucks to just power wagon. But yeah, it's. 2500 3500 air suspension in the back non-air you know gas diesel we try and cover it all and if i go to my local ram dealer and i order everything on my prospector xl and let's say a 6.7 liter diesel i'm, I'm going full tilt mm-hmm. what does the price look like versus if i piecemeal it after i get the truck i buy the stock truck and I buy a Laramie or something, right? And I want to upgrade it into all of the AEV parts. I truly feel like if you take out the little unique details that we put in to like a Prospector XL package, for example, we if you were to get it fully loaded, we offer a two-tone paint package that basically gives you what would commonly be seen as like a hood graphic, a a graphic on the roof, a graphic on the tailgate, but this is all actual paint. So, you know, we'll do like a two-tone paint package, different interior packages. These are things that you can't necessarily buy or put a price tag on. So if you back those things out, I'd say you're right there with what you'd be paying if if you would go to a four-wheel drive shop, pick up the parts or have them put them on for you. It's really a matter of do you want to spend the money now or do you want to spend it over the next two years or whatever your budget allows? That's really, I think, the big deciding factor. Explain this to me again. So my prospector is coming off the line with the parts at Ram or it's going up to you and you're cutting out the fenders and putting on your flares, et cetera. Yeah. So the the real short, concise uh, life cycle is you go into your AEV dealer. Um, sit down and you guys hash out the base vehicle exactly how you want it, what color you want it. Do you want it a Longhorn, a Laramie, a Power Wagon? You know, all the factory features and options that you want. And then basically once that's done, um, the dealership uses our dropship code. The vehicles, once they're built in the factory, they head off on a truck to Michigan they get dropped off at our facility in Wixom. We outfit them depending on the package that the customer ordered. Then we ship it to the dealership for you to pick up fully built, warranted, ready to go. That's awesome. Yeah, and the, the cool thing about it too, one of the things that is I think a, a pretty big deal is AEV dealers tend to be a little bit more aftermarket friendly. But when you have an AEV yeah. factory build that's been in, that's been built by AEV – and you take it to a dealer, there's like a level of respect for the engineering 
where you don't get into really warranty concerns about them not covering something on the vehicle. They go, oh, yeah, this is – I mean, they almost look at it as it being – or they do. A AV dealer for sure does – looks at it as it being comparable to a factory build. And they don't go – they don't bust you for having 40s on your RAM. They go, oh, cool, AV. Yeah, you're covered under your warranty. That's right, right, awesome. right. But also you're not doing any tuning. I'm looking at the available options and I don't Correct. see tuning here, right? So you are regearing. No. So when you go up to the 40s, you're not bogging, right? You're, you've got right. Even, even a Cummins 6.7 with the 40s and the factory – gearing mm-hmm. is surprisingly yeah. good. In fact, um, the one of the ones that well, actually, I've been in a couple what of. What is uh, the, what is the gearing, Holman? Do you do you know? Uh, why three fifty fives or something like that? It might no. Depend. They went up to a three seventy two or oh three seventy three. Yeah, I think yeah. power wagons are four tens. I think there's a four ten right. option in the in the max tow. When you put the big, uh, you know, the forties on it. The highway miles per gallon could actually like go up one or two because now you're, the engine is revving so low, <laughs> right? So, right? So almost, I mean, that truck, you can get 15, 16 miles per gallon on the highway, no problem, which is but, shocking. And we, we intentionally don't really get into tuning it or like any of the performance stuff. You know, we never know. Well, I shouldn't say that. Sometimes we know who's buying the vehicle. Sometimes it's just a dealer ordering it for their lot. So we figure it's best to leave that up to whoever's you know, actually signing the paperwork for the truck. Um, but yeah, what, just to touch on what Sean just said, I mean, not to blow up his spot, but you know, Jackson at Glendale Chrysler, he's an admin in the, uh, AEV Facebook group. We're going to have mean, him on the that's, podcast. That's okay. as enthusiast as you can get, you know, that's exactly what we look for. Yeah. He, he know? said that he would come on to talk about dealership practices. On how oh to buy my God. There you go. Yeah. Yes. So we're gonna have Jackson. Oh, on. I have so much to talk oh, no, no, to him yeah. about. Yeah, he's great, but he's uh, one of the admins with me on the on the AV forums and drives a Prospector XL and also has a JL three seventy like I do, and we've gone wheeling together and just a, a yeah. solid guy. But yeah, we're gonna have him on in a future episode to talk about the the car buying process, what to look for, some of the dealership kind of tricks and things like that. So I thought it would be pretty fun to have some of that on here. That's funny. That'll be that'll be a good episode. Oh actually. yeah, for yeah, sure. Jackson's great, great. Yeah. Let's uh let's hit up uh suspension because you've got a lot of variants of what you've already released, but for different models coming out really across the board. Yeah. Yeah. Um just because we we're just coming out of the discussion, but for RAM customers, fourth and fifth generation heavy duty RAM, we have our Bilstein eighty one hundred remote reservoir shocks coming out, which you are, you know, you're familiar with. Um, they're the same, same concept. Um, we're also going to offer those for JL and Gladiator. So we'll have an 8100 variant Wait, for our dual sport suspensions. Wait, what? What, huh? <laughs> Wait, 80, 8100s are coming? I, I, I wasn't aware. Uh, when, when are those coming, Matt? Because I've been, I've, I've been waiting for those for a little while. April, I'm hoping, realistically, this time. Are those going to be my birthday present this year? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Just send me a cake with four 8100 sticking out of the Your top Your birthday of is in uh, November, though. No, I'm no. Kidding. It's in March, so I'll take a late birthday present on those because I've, I've, yeah. I've been waiting for those, and I know Bill Stein's catching up from their COVID supply chain stuff, but... Man, I'm so stoked for that shock package to come out. I'm excited yeah. because Holman won't stop talking about it. It's been like 35 episodes. That's also true. Talking about the 8100s. Also true. Yeah, and it is it is a unique package for us. It's not just a name slap, you know, putting our logo on a Bilstein shock. It, it is truly a, a joint tuning effort. Um, some of the actual hardware is unique for us. So 
um, we're really excited about this. And yeah, I can't share too much, but I also feel that they are extremely competitively priced for what you're getting. Um, so I'm actually excited about that. They aren't cheap. I don't think anyone thinks they will be, but compared to what else is out there on the market, I, I think they're surprisingly competitive. Um, so super excited about that. In, in Jeep land still, we have our diesel variant for the Gladiator. Um, our two and a half inch dual sword suspension just came out, I don't know, a month ago or two months ago. So we will be bringing a diesel variant of that to market for all the diesel guys. Um, and then also high capacity stuff for awesome. our JL Wrangler crowd. What, what do you mean high capacity um, for what, people that carry so, a lot of weight, like always have a yes. roof ah. rack, a rooftop tent? Sorry. Or... Yes. I forget sometimes I'm not just talking to Sean here. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Sorry. Example, I'm holding it down for the every man. Although let me, I will say this. Uh, that's really interesting. Matt is I've got the regular suspension on mine. And even with the go fast up top and a load for four or five days on the trail, because you guys have the uh, the multi rate springs in the back, yes. uh, there's almost no sag, and so you don't get into your jounces that much. I, I honestly, the ride, I was blown away that the ride is as good as it is at full load without having much sag. It's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So we we take that same technology. This is still a progressive rate spring, but we basically increase all the loads so you know this is really for the guy that is driving around you know consistently with an extra six seven hundred pounds you know on their vehicle so that's uh any uh, vehicle that has a uh, lightning and eye in it on a daily basis <laughs> sadly true sadly true <laughs> yeah and you know we we have the customers that are you know, well above GVW and just, you know, fully, well, honestly, it doesn't take much to get there in a Jeep. You know, we've all realized that back with the, the JK. So these springs are you really- You mean the 8,000 pound JKs that are out there? Because they are? <laughs> right. With five lug axles still? Oh. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, these springs are designed to, you know, they're for the Overland Traveler in mind, but still they're progressive rates. So they're meant to still have, you know, have enough flex off road, ride really well on the road. Um, so, yeah, we, we have a solution coming out for that. Talk to uh, me about oh, uh, Gladiator Mojave. Yeah, that's what I was just going to touch on. Um, so we have a two inch spacer lift coming out for the Mojave. And I know it sounds really lame. But this is designed. <laughs> <laughs> this is designed to work with all the Fox stuff. So all the, you know, all the fancy suspension parts that you're getting when you buy a Gladiator. We are assuming that most people are going to want to keep that. So we came out with, and there's not a t there's nothing groundbreaking about it. It's just basically engineered. Our, yeah, it's our Gladiator two inch spacer lift that we've had for a while and just modified to be specific for the Mojave. So in my opinion, someone with a Mojave that just wants to put a 35 on it and, and, and you know, 
run the wheels off it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the perfect setup, man. Sort of uh, like I did with the red one on Four Wheeler of the Year, where I posted the video on my uh, on my at Sean P. Holman social, and Emmy Hall chimed in and said that that thing should be called the Stapler. <laughs> the red stapler? <laughs> yeah, because it was going through the woods like that. We were trying to chase the TRX and see how fast we could get going with the uh, Mojave. Did you feel like you were going to yeah. go ass overhead? No, uh, that's a Tacoma. Oh, yeah. Uh, but in the Mojave, super stable. It's just so violent that I was like off the gas and it took a while for it to slow down. <laughs> then the last thing really um, that's super close is... And I don't even know if I, if you know about this, but a uh, steering stabilizer upgrade for JL and, and Gladiator. No. Uh, Bill Steen okay. as well. All right, yeah, because yeah. the current one is uh, some uh, private label one that doesn't have a sticker on it. Uh, the one that your Jeep has, like the early builds that we were doing, they're Fox. Ooh, I have, uh, it's a house divided on my suspension and steering system. Mm. I know. <laughs> don't worry. And correct that. Yeah, I was going to say, no, can, it, can we make them all happy again? He, he said he can. Yeah. Cor- we can yeah, correct we can that. Make them all, happy. <laughs> all right, let me know because uh, you know the finish on that particular thing. It's uh, you know it's a little, look a little rough after all the rocks I've hit with it. We have to update yours, and all you know, I I can't believe that you thought that your bumper was not hot stamped. While you may have thought that we did unique tooling for your bumper, we did not. It is a hot stamp bumper. It you is not have. You do not have a production uh, center hoop. No, I don't. So your yours is cast aluminum. The um, production one is rotomolded. Rare. So what they oh. did, what they did was uh, they have a um, a basically structure behind the hoop, and now it's rotomolded over with the same texture as their powder coating. And so yeah. what that allows you to do is uh, the structure is where you run all your wiring for the lights. And you can basically yes. wire it and then pop the hoop cover over it. It looks exactly like my aluminum one without all the expense and crazy tooling that it would take to do the aluminum one. Although, I do walk by my aluminum one and tap it with my knuckles just because I'm like, yeah, I got an aluminum one. Because <laughs> you got one of oh, yeah, probably it, two. It's, yeah. a, it's a very cool piece. Yeah, I shared a story on our Instagram uh, last week, I think. One of our techs was putting one on, and he didn't have the, he didn't have the covering on it. All you, see, all you saw was the steel spine. And it's like it's Darth so Vader cool. without a mask. It's just, it, you know. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, because it's not just a, I don't want it to sound like it's just a solid piece of plastic protecting your grill. There's a steel spine inside of it. It's just, there's a rotomolded casing around it, you can say. All right. So this is the uh, the main question. And you deal with this. I mean, we kind of t- touched on it a little bit here. But bought not built, right? Like everybody's like, no, I build it. I don't buy my Wrangler Ram, whatever, right? <laughs> but in your case, you guys can do it either way. And in my case, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I built bought. a lot of stuff. I'm fine buying it. But don't be, don't be ashamed that you bought it. No, because because uh, sometimes buying it's better. Well, from my standpoint, again, it goes back to warranty. It goes back to the dealership not freaking out about it. It goes back to it's a. The nice thing about AEV is it's not a Frankenstein. Every part on that is designed to work together as a package, and not all builds are like that. And for me, it was worth the premium to be able to outfit mine that way. Well, and your family, you know, you're, I, I feel like a lot of our customers, they have a family. You know, I'm included. You know, I do not want, when my workday is done, I don't want to have to, I actually get mad when I have to go out in the garage and fix something on a vehicle that's, that's not working right. You know, I, I want to hang out with the family. And I think that's that's one huge factor with a lot of people, you know, 
in the age that a lot of our customers are, they're, they're in that age where they're, you know, if they're not starting a family, they may have a family that's younger and they want to spend more time and they just don't want to wrench and, and do all that. Not that they don't enjoy it, but like me, I, I just don't want to do it anymore. You know, if I don't have to. Well, there's a difference we've talked about on the show before. There's a difference of fixing and then bolting something new on. Bolting exactly. something new on, we can all find time for. Yeah, for But sure. fixing exactly. something that's broken sucks. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's the last thing I want to do on the weekend. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I think there's a lot of elements that go into that. All right. Well, listen, we, we could probably spend another half an hour. And yeah. talking about the stuff you offer, but we, we shouldn't. We should send everyone to aev-conversions.com. And uh, and I'm going to send my friends to look at the Prospector XL. And, I'm and then s- send me a note and uh, and help me with financing. <laughs> Do you have any friends that will loan you money? <laughs> no. No, sadly I don't. But, uh, uh, you can also uh, follow uh, AEV on uh, Instagram at aevconversions. No dash on that one. Uh, yep. Matt's always Matt and the team are always putting up a lot of cool content. And again, you know, the thing that we love about AV is is it's American, American made, uh, American jobs. The fact that it's a fully engineered package, they offer a lot of really cool stuff. And if you got other stuff on your Ram, Jeep, Colorado, etc., you can uh, still add some AV stuff. They probably they have a full product line that you might not even know they have. So. Thank you so much for the time, guys. I always love coming on, and I look forward to coming back soon. Yeah, uh, I think the next time we'll have you on is uh, when there uh, are 8100s and a steering stabilizer on the way. We can talk about those. All right. All right. We'll make <laughs> right. it happen. More Holman content. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're the best. Thanks, right, Matt. Talk to you. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. <clears throat> Holman, look at the clock. You know what time it is? It's time for some news. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Right now. Still pretty tight, though. I mean, it was tight. It was just just weird. I think we need to. I I like when when there's good synchronicity. You know what I mean? When we're in sync. Is that a song, Sting? Uh, no, police. that was the police. Yeah. Police. What's this mm-hmm. thing? Uh, well, I think, uh, you should start then. Um, nope. Really? All right. I'll no, go. I'll start. I'll start. I'll okay. start. I'll start. Okay. I mean, you can start if you okay. want Okay. All right. But I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, Jeep. <laughs> Release the non-Jeep branded Wagoneer and mm-hmm. Grand Wagoneer, which okay. is both amazing and stupid. Mostly stupid because... For whatever reasons, they it doesn't say Jeep on it anywhere. They want it to be a sub brand. Fine, I get it, but it's still a Jeep. It even has a Jeep grill. Like no, why not you... good as a sub brand. No, no. They're trying to do the Land Rover Range Rover thing, Mm-mm. and I, I hate that because it's still a Jeep. It's like alienating everybody who got you to there, right? Mm-hmm. So that that bothers me. But that aside, freaking amazing, unbelievable. The interior. The best automotive interior, period. Uh, what? Are you, are you not? No. You're uh, not being sarcastic. No, unbelievable. It has a television screen or a screen in front of the passenger that has a film on it so the driver can't see it. You can stream Amazon Fire TV while you're driving. What? You can do a bunch of different feeds. There's screens. There's something like, God, I don't remember what the, the, the number was, but it was like 
79 cubic square feet of screen space or something. Like the whole thing, there's screens everywhere. But what they did was they w- really wanted to use a bunch of premium materials mm-hmm. so that the screens di- didn't just like weren't just out in space in front of you. They're all integrated and they they make it, you know, feel like part of the the vehicle. How about this? You'll like this. Throw a number out there for the new uh, Macintosh sound system in the Grand Wagoneer. Are you talking about as an addition? If I wanted to add it, no, what no, it would yeah, cost yeah, me? Yeah. No, no, no. What do you think? How many speakers? How many watts? Oh, okay. All right. Like, uh, what, would, what would be impressive to you? Well, uh, I'm going to say it's got. Uh, it's going to be an odd number because there'll be a sub. Uh-huh. No. 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 I'll bet you there's two subs, one under each front seat. So mm-hmm. I'm going to bring the total of speakers to. Mm-hmm. They're going to definitely outdo the Ram with 19. So mm-hmm. this will be a, I don't know how you do 24. I'm going to say 24. I'm going to shoot a little high. Okay. 24 speaker okay. system. Okay. Because they separate all the, the woofers and tweeters, yeah, you know, the okay. mids and tweets. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to say that the, how many watts? Mm. I'm going to say it's uh, 2,200 watts. And then I'm going to say that, it, can I give it a value, like dollars? Uh, no, I don't know. Okay. How about channels? How many channels does it have? Oh, how many channels? Well, oh, God. Okay. How many channels? So it's 20, uh, it's going to be at least, at least 10 channel. Okay. How, how about this? Including its 12-inch subwoofer. Okay. 24 channel. Ooh. 23 speaker. 1,375 watt amplifier, <laughs> which right. which can create an immersive and adaptive 3D sound environment. <laughs> I want to know what that sounds like in a Grand Wagoneer. <laughs> right? Oh, okay. It's pretty amazing. I wonder who did the processing. Oh, well, Macintosh, Macintosh. did it. Yeah, I know they did a, a whole deal with Macintosh. I think, I may be lying to you, because I'm not 100% sure, but I think this may be the first time Macintosh has taken their uh, technology into an automotive environment. I don't think so. I no? think Macintosh did either a stint with Bentley, Porsche, somebody. Well, that's why I wouldn't know. Very... I'm not clear. I'm, I'm fairly certain. So that you Macintosh, could be lying, also. No, 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 no. I, I mean, we we'll have to Google it, but I'm okay. fairly certain. I do know that. Are you Google Macintosh, that? Let me right, let me okay. talk about some of the features, like the 11 USB ports, the 75 square inches of screen space. Wow. The 10.25 inch frameless instrument cluster, 12 inch horizontal touchscreen, the 10.25 inch comfort touch. Screen mm-hmm. uh, below the center screen, and the optional 10.25 front passenger entertainment screen. Second row passengers get a 10.25 inch center mounted comfort touchscreen and a pair of seat back mounted 10 inch screens. Uh, this will be uh, with the brand new UConnect 5, which is five times faster than previous system. Also brings uh, Apple CarPlay wireless. Android Auto, five personalized profiles, Sirius XM 360L, TomTom navigation, Alexa, home to car functionality, and the first ever installation of the aforementioned Amazon Fire TV for auto. It has 120 standard safety features. I mean, the thing is a beast. So if you order up a, uh, a Wagoneer, you get the eTorque 5.7 liter Hemi V8, and it's 392 horse and 404 pound-feet of torque. Uh, with a 321 axle ratio, but you can get a 392 with the uh, uh, advanced traction uh, package. Uh, and then the Grand Wagoneer, which is basically the same vehicle but way more fancy, 
the mm-hmm. detailing, the materials, all that. Uh, you can get, uh, or standard in that one is the 6.4 Hemi with 471 horsepower, and torque comes in at 455, uh, up to 10,000 pounds of towing for a full-size SUV. That's all very that's impressive. Solid. Wow. Yeah, that's solid. Th- uh, three different uh, four-wheel drive systems on it, uh, and just a, a really gorgeous car. Huh. I mean, it just looks it looks really nice. So, um, What's the street date? Do we know? Uh, later this year. Okay. Later this year. Did you do say price tag on it? Price tag is going and, to- And how many different option sets are there? Uh, it's, it's, there's too many to talk about. Oh, really? They, oh, damn. There's a lot. Okay. Uh, at launch, the Wagoneer Series 2 Standard 4x2, which is going to be the base model, really well equipped. Take a guess. Uh, okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's 67. 67995. No way. Okay, and then you can uh, go up to the Wagoneer Series 2 Premium for 77 and 4x2 or 83 and 4x4. The Series 3 Premium will cost 83970 and 4x2 or 88965 as a 4x4. Mm, we're getting and up there quick, aren't the we? the four-wheel drive Wagoneer Series 3 off-road checks in at 86665 Now, moving to the more luxurious Grand Wagoneer, which is only offered in four-wheel drive. Well, that last start- whoa, whoa, stop, stop, stop. That last tier was at 88? Yeah. Oh, jeez. So Grand Wagoneer, offered only in four-wheel drive, starts at $88,190 for a Series 1. Series 2 will cost $99,185, and the Series 3 will be $103,995, which sounds crazy until, have you seen what an Escalade, a Navigator, even a, a fully loaded Suburban goes for these days? It's, yeah, it's, it's, over, it's, a, it's over 100 I mean, it, that's, it's not out of line for what, what they're getting. And this vehicle, in terms of technology, features, luxury, blows all of them away. It's 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 unbelievable. The um, Series 3 will be one hundred three nine ninety five, and the fully blacked out, black on black on black on black Obsidian package clocks in at one hundred five nine eighty. dollars Now, the top of the line Grand Wagoneer Series 3 Premium, one hundred seven nine eighty plus destination charge, so you can get one of these options all the way up to a cool $111,000. Oh, my Lord, which is why they're trying to make it a sub brand because they don't want you buying your twenty five thousand dollar Renegade, and then have the hundred and eleven thousand dollar Wagoneer over here, right? Sure. Because I get it, but I still think it's dumb. I th- still think they should have Jeep badging somewhere on it. It's still a Jeep. It's a Wagoneer. It's part of their history. No, but I, now, now after you went through that, yeah, litany of of price structure. Oh, I now understand why they're trying to do it. it you, the, because you don't. This is like we talked about with with, with Lieberman, right? Uh, you know, a, a Land Cruiser to many people like me is to, is a Toyota, right? To the people who know Land yep. Cruiser, they're like, "Well, I'll pay for Land Cruiser because it's really right. different, even though it's a Toyota product." And that's the same thing the Jeep's battling with. They're like, "Look, we're going to price this thing way out of Jeep well, land." Basically, you know? this vehicle because they don't want to step on the new Grand Cherokee L long wheelbase three row. Mm-hmm. The difference between this and the Grand Cherokee is Grand Cherokee L is unibody. This is body on frame. It shares a chassis loosely with a Ram fifteen hundred, except for it. This is all independent suspension. You can get either steel spring or air at all four corners. It's actually the frame rails are like two inches wider than a Ram. And it is—it's a full-on truck underneath. Like it is a beast, and it's—it's uh, it's got everything that the new Stellantis company offers in mm-hmm. terms of safety technology. This will have level two autonomy, hands-free driving, as part of the package. All of that in the kitchen sink. It's now the top-line vehicle in all of the whole 
Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram. It's the top dog. This, so this let me ask you. So you're you're a baller, right? You're you're in the Hollywood Hills. Yep. You're a rapper. Okay. Yep. What are you getting? What are you putting in your your music video? Yep. When, when it you know. Is it is it so you no longer doing the Range Rover? You no longer doing the Bentley no, I, I, Colonnade? What's it called? The Calander? The uh, the Culligan? Uh, Culligan man? Culligan man? No, what is it? The Bentley uh, what? Uh, Cullinan, I think. Cullinan, yes. You're now doing a Jeep Wagoneer. You I'm just be. asking. I don't you know. Might be. Hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't look like anything else. I mean, it's it's still a full size SUV. It's a two box design. Uh, but the way they do the treatment, like on the windows and stuff with the chrome U's and then the roof, it, it definitely has its own personality. Here, I'll show you a picture of one. So there it is right there. Oh, let me stretch over here. Hold on. Guys, sorry, I moved the microphone. Okay. I mean, it, it looks- it's stately. Good. That's a good word for it. You know what? It reminds me of Get the, the new- the 22s on it. From the the new Lincoln, whatever the big Lincoln SUV Navigator. is. Navigator. The Navigator. Yeah. It looks like but that. But it, it's the way they did the U-shaped chrome mm-hmm. around the windows. Like, this is a big picture. I like how they have it in front of a uh, an Aspen, Colorado mansion. So, it looks Like, the way they do the windows is different than yeah. everybody else, right? Uh, and this is the regular wheelbase. There's even going to be a long wheelbase version of this coming out at some point <sighs> that they haven't announced. And I'm sure there'll be a plug-in hybrid at some point. Um, I wonder bumper to bumper that thing's got to be like 21 foot, it's you know, a, the long wheelbase. Yeah, I mean, this is a, uh, I'm making a statement car right here. So, hmm. Huh. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to circle back to Macintosh. Uh, you were yeah. curious, uh, uh, this is going to trip you out. Okay. Subaru Legacy in the 90s had a Macintosh system. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Harley Davidson back in 2002 approached Macintosh about uh, doing some stuff and with their bikes. And they didn't. And they didn't? When you th- no, they approached them? Uh, no, they did. They invented a rear riser mount, 640 for the Harley Davidson, blah, blah, no, blah. No, but so they, from the factory, though. Like, um, from Harley Davidson, you buy, you buy it from the factory that way? All right, well, le- you ready for this one? Okay. Gail Banks 4GT has the Macintosh radio in it. Oh, okay. All right, then. All right, well, I'm going to take this story. So, EV startup Canoe is planning- uh, right by our office here. Uh, which I knew nothing. So, this is one of those embarrassing things where- there's a there's a, an EV startup company like uh, ten miles away, ten miles, miles from away? our yeah. building. Yeah, exactly. And for some reason, we we don't know about it. Um, <coughs> well, Who doesn't know about it? Well, you knew about it, but like it wasn't really high on your on your like it was on your radar, but towards the outskirts of the yeah, screen. Yeah, because there's a gazillion right? startups, and you know it's like who's who. And so what's different about um, Canoe, spelled C A N double O C A N O O, they're planning to roll out the all American built pod-like electric pickup in 2023. So it's pretty quick turnaround. They're funded to like a billion dollars, something absurd. Which is crazy how they got all that money. I, I don't even know. But this is, um, when you look at it, it is a- it, uh, If you think of a VW Transporter and a Toyota Previa, had a love child, and it's modern. This is a pod. This is- uh, It almost w- looks like a cab over, but it's not really because the driver sits behind the axle and- it's got a configurable when you, bed. When, when you saw the Cybertruck, the reaction you had the Cybertruck, which is, is wow, do- this is, is a so, wedgie doorstop. Well, no, no, I understand that, but it, it, let's forget that it's it's wedgie and looks like a spaceship. But you're like, wow, that's futuristic. Yeah, the canoe truck is as futuristic in a totally different way. Totally looks different. Looks like a moon way. buggy. It is a moon buggy. They're all moon buggies. Yeah. It's freaking crazy, and uh, the, it, it's they're they're calling it snub nose truck. They're trying to build a U.S. microfactory so they can make them in relative small quantities, I think in the hundreds, not like tens of thousands. 
Um, and I believe it's going to be a subscription model. It which is. is According weird. to this article, it's going to be a subscription yeah. model, which means that so we won't, you and I can't own can't one. can't own one. We'll yeah. just, so that's, it, to me, that I'm not that cool takes with the that. fun out of it. it, it, it uh, to me, that means they're all going to be abused. Like you're going to get in one, it's going to have. No, no, no. It's going to be trashed. No, I don't think it's a subscription model in the sense that you are sharing the same vehicle. I think it's a subscription model in the sense that, uh, like a lease, you just can't own it. So I think you can have your own. Oh. But you don't have the, it's just like a lease. It's a, you know, I'm sure they probably have some ride sharing type thing. But so then why, it, it, so so what it is is I you could can't be wrong. Own, I could be so wrong again. Subscription I don't again, you're just paying a monthly the, fee and you get to have it. And then when you're done with it, you just turn it in. It's month to month. I, I subscription. Did you hear that Apple changed the word subscription on their podcast to follow now? Because they were worried that free podcasts like ours weren't being followed or subscribed to because people thought they cost money. And they're supposed to be planning a subscription service, so they're changed the nomenclature. So if you look on the new Apple operating system to follow the show, the button says follow. But I'm wondering, like, there's subscriptions for everything now. At what point do you get subscription fatigue? I don't necessarily I, like. I don't mind it for my. My shaving products or my, you know, cable, but do I really want it for my car? I don't think so. Not the way I use vehicles. Well, so getting back to Canoe, they've got a skateboard platform. They call it a low-rise platform that bundles the batteries and electric motors with uh, so it's your chassis typ- components. So your typical EV pl- style That's exactly platform. right. You know, they have their own. I don't know how it's different. It doesn't say this in this article, but um, they say the pickup is going to have 600 horsepower. And an electric driving range of more than 200 miles. And they're saying by the time it launches, that might be closer to 300. At least it's at least they're being honest. I, I feel like 600 horsepower is is not that unreasonable for what we're seeing out there being quoted. That's a lot of power and 300 miles of range. And they're saying two something right now. That's reasonable. At least they're coming out and go. They're not saying we can turn the Earth backwards with a four wheel acceleration run. We have. Because Zillion, you know, it's like the well, stuff we talked about before. They, they are touting some interesting things, though, I think, because it's like the, the- transformable bed's pretty cool. That's really cool. And also the um, the, the the wheelbase is so short that they can, they can do like- It's like a smaller turning race than, I think, a Prius, right? Right. I mean, that's- So it's supposed to be urban, super maneuverable. They've got a version on there that has like uh, Overland-style outfitting on it with a rooftop tent and a rack, which looks kind of cool, but- that wouldn't go the places that I want to go. That would be great for a, a dirt road and a campsite on a graded road, but I don't know if that would be enough to do the, the types of things that I'm doing where you really do require a 35 or greater you know, tire. Right. So in this space, the, the actual guy who's going to go up to the, his local mountain range or out to the desert, right, and get off grid. Or surfing. Maybe just at the beach, camp on a beach somewhere in Mexico or something like that. Okay, or? well, but, but I, so I wanted to ask you, in that space, as of today, yeah. who, who are the real players in your mind? I mean, you've got, um, could be the Cybertruck, if it turns out to be real. The Cybertruck like looks the, like it'll oh, do what's supposed to do. The Rivian looks like it, it's going to do what's supposed to do. The um, But what are you talking about? Just the, the, the non-hardcore off-roader who's going to go on an, no, an adventure? No, I'm saying a little more hardcore. I'm saying for you, what which in, oh out of, of the EVs of, of the EVs, oh. which would satisfy Sean Holman uh, I today? Mean, the Rivian, I think, uh, has potential. The Bollinger, what obviously. About, what about the Hummer? Uh, obviously, the Hummer. Obviously, the Cybertruck is. You know, a lot of these have 35 inch tires and things like that. Uh, so if we take away range, and that's not an issue, and charging infrastructure is not an issue, then yeah, those are those are some of the players. I, I heard that the Nikola uh, Badger is the one to look out for. You know, that one is uh, is coming out. It's going to be, <laughs> be, oh. That ain't true! That's not true! <laughs>
So get your facts straight. Oh, oh, is that, is that okay? Hmm. So I showed you a certain <laughs> picture. Okay, I think the statute of limitations might be up on this one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't want it to say who it came from or how it came into my possession or anything like that. But a lot of people said the badger was vaporware, and there were none of them. You have seen the photo that I got from somebody on the inside where you have seen the Badger was a vehicle. It was a vehicle. A Not running, a drawing, a running, a running driving. driving vehicle. Yeah. yeah, that happened. And so they got – that's kind of sad too because assuming, cool. assuming that it, it was cool, of all the trucks that Holman and I have seen, yeah. I'm telling you guys – I was excited about that one. It was the coolest looking. Yeah. It, it felt most yeah. like a truck that we'd want to drive. And it's uh, dead. Apparently. All right, uh, got some news coming out of Chevrolet this week, which you, uh, you're a Chevy guy. You might be interested in this. I love me some Chevy, yep. The uh, 22 Chevy Silverado 1500, uh, as announced at the uh, NTEA Virtual 2021 Work Truck Show, uh, GM is dropping two engines from the, uh, from the trucks. Dropping meaning getting rid of them. Yes. The, can, I, uh, can I guess? Can okay, I guess? Yeah. The three liter diesel. No. Why would they get rid of that? I just think the take rate's probably somewhat low. They spent all that money and they're going to be one model year only? Uh, okay, go ahead. What, are, mean, they, what are they dropping? Well, how about uh, another guess? Uh, my other guess is going to be the uh, 6.2 liter gasser. What? What is wrong with you? <laughs> you just didn't take the one that is their, like, their premium engine? No! GM is dropping the 4.3 liter gas V6 no, finally. Yes, of course they are. Of course they are. And the older 5.3 liter gas V8 with no, active fuel management. Really? The, the fi- older one. Oh, okay. okay the older okay, one. Okay. The the one that's that has the newer version. So active fuel management was upgraded to dynamic fuel management. That 5.3 will stay, as will the 6.2 liter and the 3 liter diesel. And it sounds like the uh, 2.7 liter turbo straight four will be the new base engine. And that's actually a pretty good engine. It's it's surprisingly good when you drive it. Uh, and it's rated at 310, 347, so it's no slouch. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'd rather have that than that old ancient boat anchor of a V6 that was in my aunt's Astro van back in 1986. Yeah, that, uh, that engine was slouchy. Uh, it, it still slouchy today. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed. Did you hear? No. Because I forgot to say, did you hear? So I'll say it again. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No. All right, another news. Uh, the 2022, I think, Toyota Tundra has been spotted. With a little bit of change under the rear end, if you uh, can believe it, Toyota appears to be swapping from leaves and going into coil springs. Yes. So they'll be uh, right up there with uh, with Ram and the new Ford Raptor as the only full-size trucks with uh, coil springs in the rear. Right. <laughs> you, you love that one, don't you? That's my <laughs> I found Earl Scheib saying right at the very end of the commercial. I was like, that's the greatest drop of all time. You just basically said, under no circumstances will I not use this. I just, I love it so much. I just love it. And then, uh, of course, one last piece of news. You are aware of uh, our friends at Magna. Yes, the uh, world's largest company that you're not aware of. That's right. Uh, in just a few episodes, we talked to our friend uh, Sharif over there. They just dropped a, a new EV product in a press release today that I thought our listeners might be interested in. Right after you and I spoke with the guy who heads up that uh-huh. division. Ugh. So this, this is, is not the first time that we've spoken with someone, yeah. and then just days later, they broke yeah. international news. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but not with us. <sighs> no. Uh, this no. is Magna's 
e-beam axle and essentially e- wait, wait, wait. e-beam e-beam so e-beam. what it does is it is the electric motor is this like laser no it's not a laser <laughs> okay uh it's an electric motor that has been placed into a solid axle configuration so that you can essentially electrify any solid axle pickup truck on the road today by swapping out the rear axle and adding a battery pack that sounds like a game changer i mean if you could take out the engine and the fuel tank Put in batteries, battery management system, and all you need to do to install a motor is to take out your rear end and put in their E-beam axle, which is an integrated motor and rear end, and you have an EV. Right. You could do that for basically any production vehicle that wasn't intended to have EV. They say the uh, E-beam drops right in using uh, all the original mounts, suspension, and so forth. Um, obviously there's not going to be input for the drive shaft because it doesn't need one. It's an integrated e-motor and it comes in either 120 or 250 kilowatt power ranges. Magnus has one and two motor versions are in development with the two motor version offering torque vectoring across the axle so that you could have independent inputs from right to left. Uh, and the single motor, uh, version, uh, presumably incorporates a differential, uh, taking the place of the conventional trucks, uh, what you would call a pumpkin sometimes. Mm-hmm. You can get traditional truck capabilities. You don't have to use a skateboard. Uh, you get the ride height, payload, towing of all the traditional truck because none of that changes. In fact, you'd probably have more payload, uh, more carrying capability because if you took out the internal combustion engine, you, that's a lot of weight that you'd lose. Gasoline you wouldn't have. Just doesn't you know require re-engineering of the chassis, I guess, is, is the, the best point to make here. I think that I'm on board. Don't want to be on board, but I think I'm on board. That's a cool... That's a cool piece of tech. That's a cool upgrade for you. Obviously, you need a manufacturer to integrate it into a vehicle, uh, but this seems like the easiest way to take a existing vehicle and make it a uh, make it a uh, electric. No, wh- what, I, what I'm wondering is, could you get your hands on it and like these garage mechanic guys? Well, I thought that's what you were presenting it as that that I could get no, one no, and no, convert. No, no, my- no. Oh. they're making this for the OE market. Oh, no, bogus! They're not swapping in bogus. No, this is this is. Uh, although I'm sure somebody could do it. So you know who I have coming up on the show. Uh, I reached out to you is the uh, the guy who built the forerunner for Koh with the Leaf batteries. Okay. And finished the race. He's going to come on the show. That's a good booking. Yeah, I think that'll be good. Okay. All right. So Holman, this is where we dial one of our uh, listeners. Is that correct? I hope he's still a listener. I, don't, I mean, I don't know why he would... Uh, I mean, he just he just DM'd us the other day, didn't he? Oh, good. Okay, then yes. Yes, we're going <laughs> to dial a listener. All right, uh, go ahead. Calling Jack Sandoz. Gentlemen, how goes it? What's up, Mr. Jack Sandoz? What's up, dude? Hey. Refresh our memories. You won or did you buy the uh, the decked sliding drawer system? I won that deck system through your 500 five-star giveaway event. So I reminded Lightning that you won that. He goes, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I had no recollection of that. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we gave it to him. Well, that's outstanding. Go us. So here we are uh, <laughs> nine months later, and you're posting videos on your at Jack W. Sandoz uh, Insta of uh, this thing being hucked over the, uh, I don't know, the desert. There's one where your truck resembles a lawn dart, a very, very expensive lawn dart. Well, let's let's stop and back up for a second. Jack, tell us about the truck that you've installed the deck system in. Uh, so it's my 2006 3500 Dodge Ram. 
with the Cummins. So I got Which that is 11. why it looks like a lawn dart, because usually when yeah. you air those things out, they <laughs> yeah. come straight down nose first. Very heavy in the front end. <laughs> yeah, that 1,100-pound uh, boat anchor hanging off the front. Is your axle smiling? How's that camber on that thing right now? Uh, no, it's just fine. It's it's all kinds of trust. Uh, Three-eighths-inch plating around a uh, CJC truss, quarter-dom tubing. There's uh, I, I don't want to say there's no bending it because somebody else bent their trust axle that same weekend, but uh, well, he I'd have to try it pretty hard. He, he didn't have a deck system in the back to balance it out and kind of keep <laughs> it from totally augering those right. first. Right? Yeah. Well, well, so yeah. uh, tell us about uh, how did you end up hucking this thing? And well, that's what he does. He does that for fun. But the the picture he posted, he has a picture of the deck system installed with his uh, spare tire lashed to the top. And I'll read exactly what he wrote us. He said, "Dudes, I tried to find the breaking point of that deck system last weekend, but with this new tire carrier, I might have to call it bulletproof. I got a single bolt to come loose on one of the hits, and I lost an ammo can lid, maybe through one of the whip sections. But I don't think I can flog it much harder without breaking something on the truck." <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I can give it much more. I think hung on. Now, where were I, you? Uh, so that was at Ocotillo Wells. Uh, we have a yearly get-together with the Dodge Trucks Extreme Group. And uh, we go out there, or Glamis, various other places. And uh, this was for our, our get-together. And uh, we were doing our morning ride, going out to see the statues in Borrego. And uh, I found this little playground off to the side. So I radioed into everybody else, like, hey, come check this out. By the time they got over there, I was already, you know, playing around. So uh, next thing you know, we're all just doing hot laps, throwing our trucks off this thing. Uh, there's there's one video on the IG. It's a uh, this guy with a fourth gen flatbed, and this guy just absolutely yeets that thing off that lip. I don't think any of us expected him to send it, but uh, but he did, and uh, made quite a thud. That's a little sad. Now, are are you running like a Carly suspension? What do you what do you have on the thing? Yeah, so I've got the Carly uh, 3.0 Kings, uh, just a dominator setup from them. It's the short arm setup. What was the flatbed running? So he, that's a good question. I think he's probably on 3.0s as well. But Listen, Jack, sure. there's, no, there's no way of verifying this, so just say stock suspension and we can all have a good laugh. Oh, yeah, yeah, bone stock suspension. No, he, he did just <laughs> fine, though. I mean, he drove the truck. Oh, yeah, he was partying with us the whole weekend. I feel like uh, it, he also got a CJC mention in there talking about the trussing. Yeah. I was over oh, CJC yeah. for my first time there in Long Beach, not I far know from they me. Are. are we having them on at some point? Uh, we need to have So I went over there and hung out with Andrew and the guys. Okay. And they have a really cool story. They started out of their, they did the whole like fake it till you make it, where um, they started in their father's garage. They got a little business license and with like Redondo, wherever they lived in the South Bay, and they started selling parts. For, or started getting parts wholesale just for themselves. And then, of course, they turned into friends and then turned into them being experts. Flash forward, they're like Carly's number one dealer, yeah. I think, on the planet. Their Instagram is all Carly's and Rams all the time. Right, and they're really knowledgeable. Yeah, Cole and Cody are awesome. They are pretty much the authority on Carly and Thurin stuff also. Uh, pretty much anything for these trucks. I mean, they know what goes and what blows. Uh, they know every trick in the book about, uh, you know, any problem you're having with one of these trucks. They're they're definitely the go-to. I'd love to hear an episode with them on here. Okay, good. All right, All right. We'll, we'll have to make that happen. All right, so uh, we are calling you right now as we record uh, in, the, in the evening, and you work graveyards, and you're like, dudes, I can do it, but I can only do it on my lunch break. We provide <laughs> we a do. valuable service, my friend. It's keeping him awake. Oh, is that yeah, what it is? We do this for all the graveyarders out there. Exactly. Yeah, li listening to you guys makes it so I can make it through these shifts. 
I feel like we owe him a uh, apology. A, no, 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 not oh. an apology. No, were you kidding me? We don't know. Yeah, we, of course I'm kidding you. Okay, good. We owe him a uh, the ammo can lid because we that's could pro- the, we could probably get him one. Yeah, that's the the front you know right what? or left you corner. You have some right? spares. You should just pull one off of one of your trucks and send it over to him. How do I have spares? I don't have spares. Oh. Well, you might have steal one. Yeah, <laughs> I do have one sitting out here. Yeah, I, I can, mean, though, I don't want. As you drive away, I'll just yank. You won't even notice them. I you don't use anything in I the pickup would, bed. I would appreciate if you didn't. Yeah, but you don't use the pickup bed, so you'll never know. It'll be six months. You go. You know what's funny? Are you, My ammo can lid was missing. I just hauled around your supercharger system on a uh, on a pallet in the back of that truck. Uh, I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping next week is the week. That we install. Are we going to take him through this on the phone with us? We're just going to have normal dialogue with Jack yeah, with us on yeah, the phone? because he's uh, part of the show now. <laughs> oh, is he? Well, then you might as well just drive all the way to the studio and hang out with us. Screw that nighttime job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I ca- I uh, emailed into Deck uh, just a couple days ago, let them know, and they said they're already sending me out a new ammo can, just like oh, that. Oh, so I don't have to steal one out of uh, Lightning's work yeah. truck that he wouldn't care they about got, or notice. Hey, tell me about this group that you're hanging out with all these Ram guys in the desert. What's that about? Yeah. So it's Dodge Trucks Extreme. Um, it's primarily 3500s, 2500s, you know, uh, Cummins and Hemi, but it's straight axle. So Dodges. basically when an IFS guy pulls up in a 1500, you all go, you're not extreme. Go over to the Dodge, the Dodge truck group over there that doesn't have the X in the name and then hang out with those people. Well, you know, we're opening it up to uh, a lot more of the 1500 guys. We've got some long travel guys that definitely like to party. Uh, we actually had a TRX owner, new owner, uh, who was slated to come, said there's no way he's missing it. He's going to be there. And he didn't show. We were really hoping to uh, get to, you know, compare trucks, see how they stack up. But uh, not this time. What's, what's the group size? No. How, many, how many guys <laughs> you got in that group? Um, well, on this trip, we had, I think, 24 trucks in the group as far as, you know, people that might be in other states, but kind of hang around on the Facebook group or on the online forum. I, it's it's a ton. I, I, I'm i not sure. You spend a lot. The, are you spending the night yeah. out there? It's like a day trip. Oh, are you trying uh, to invite yourself to this? Yes. I'm literally working my way into this. So I'm going to steal our, one of our Rams and I'm going to go hang out with him because uh, so here, uh, how do I not sound like you? Yeah. I'm huh? gonna, I need to talk to you off air because the Rams have a severe pedal lag problem, both the eco diesels and the big boys, the six sevens. Okay. And I need, okay. Are I, we uh, selling parts now? Off air. Uh, okay. Off air. Then let's, let's get <laughs> All right. Let's go back to the uh, people that actually pay our bills. And tell us, is there anything else you'd do different with your deck system? And after nine months, how much do you love that thing? Have you modded it? Real quick, I sure would like to get you guys out to one of these events. I think I may have uh, tried to to coax uh, Sean out with uh, promises of Dr. Pepper and Tri-Tip. That might be uh, true. Yeah, one of these years, you guys got to come join us for sure. Uh, how's How's that deck system working for you? Fantastic. So, uh, yeah, my only concern with it was it replaced my old, you know, clunky metal toolbox and my spare tire carrier. So uh, I, I was trying to figure out how to mount a spare tire on it. I was a little bit leery about just throwing screws into the top of the deck and having the tire there. I've seen some others that run something like that. But, you know, with a propensity for being stupid, there's a good chance I would break something that way. Uh, so I... Uh, thought of doing a tire carry that goes all the way through the deck, through the bed, into a frame rail uh, with just a nut welded down there at that frame rail. So it's just a long piece of all thread with a Y handle. Uh, My buddy over at Traction Motorsports, uh, it's uh, TRA Motorsports on on Instagram, or is it TRS? Are you talking about a single piece of all thread straight down the middle between the drawers? Yes. Yes. So it's uh, tire centered. Okay. 
Okay. So, so TRA Motorsports went ahead, put a Y handle on a big old piece of all thread, ran that through. He had a really cool idea of uh, attaching some tools to either side of that Y handle. So I've got a lug nut socket on one side, a half inch extension on the other. Nice. So I've always got like a three foot breaker bar on me. Well, look at that. Look at you being all resourceful and yeah, right? innovative. Maybe, maybe we need <laughs> but, to add, open this up with the innovator motorator. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's the only thing I've really changed on the deck. I would love, and I think I was talking to Ben about this, I'd really like to see them come up with a lighting system for inside those drawers. Huh. I was trying to figure something out, but, you know, you pull out the drawers and you'd be pulling your wires tight and everything. I'm sure they could come up with something pretty cool. No, thin LED strips. Yep. Thin yep. LED strip, and you mount it on the underside of the deck. That's exactly Because right. that doesn't move with the drawers. Right. Yep. If they don't do it, I'm going to, but I'm sure they're going to do a much better job with well, it. I think we mentioned that when we were visiting Dex. We actually talked about some of the things that we thought would be cool, but I don't recall right. lighting, though. Might, that's might, that's might. a good one. Yeah. All right. Hey, have you turned any of your fellow uh, Ram motors onto the Dex system? No, forget about that. Onto the Truck Show podcast. Oh, well, that too. So, well, I'll answer both fronts. Uh, Marshall, he's a guy who's called in a few times. Uh, he's one of the OGs with uh, DTX, and uh, he's yeah, he's pretty sprung on the show now. We uh, every now and then there will be something on the show, and we'll you know get on the on the DMs talk about it. Um, and uh, I was showing a bunch of the guys the deck at this last meet. Uh, this was, I think, the first trip. The, the truck's been down for motor work. It got a camshaft and all that recently. So this was its first time seeing dirt, really. And uh, a bunch of the guys were looking at it like, uh, you really have a big old deck system sitting in the back of your truck? You know, how well is that going to go? You got a lot of faith in those uh, drawers not to open up as you're, you know, rocking on down the trail. But uh, I, I think everybody agreed it, it handled just fine. All right. Well, there you have it. A first-person uh, testimonial for friends over at Decked. A pretty amazing endorsement. Just remember. Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. Everything, everything matters. matters. <laughs> All right, brother. Talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Good talking to you. See you All guys. Right, see you. Bye. You know, I haven't had enough hearing from our listeners, so what do you say we uh, move from Jack and head on into the five-star hotline? Yeah, I could do that. Captain from Texas again. Yes, uh, did eat some crow. You boys delivered all that international uh, content. <laughs> Damn right Thanks we did. That. Ten stars to you guys for doing that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Hey, keep up the good work. I guess you uh, read my mind. Thanks for delivering. Y'all have fun. Tuesday morning. Talk to y'all later. Bye. I like that. I mean, that's that's solid. I appreciate uh, him calling back and, and thanking us because, uh, I mean, that's service right there. And he gave us 10 stars. So that's that's two of these. Stars. That's right. Five star review. Five stars. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. But it looks like Kevin might have dialed us right back. Hi, boys. It's Kevin from Texas again. <laughs> so I just got done listening to C10 talk, and I guess I missed it in your episodes where you said you guys are on there again. But let me tell you, wow, that was. Oh, I want you to guess. Is he going to say good or bad? Great. You think so? Oh, hell when yeah. we were on C10 Talk? You know it. Okay. <clears throat> Hold on. I think he's going to... Oh, you know it. A great episode. Oh. Uh, it's kind of like I got another free episode this week from you guys. Uh, 
everybody should go listen to it. Um, really proud of the things that y'all are doing. It's it really is helping us guys get back into this stuff and building a community. And man, it, it really was a great episode. Thank you guys for that. Um, just uh, hope you guys have a good night. Five stars. Enjoy. Fifteen stars. Wow. Fifteen so, stars from Kevin. Kevin from Texas. Thank you very much for uh, for both listening to, to to our show and and to uh, C Ten Talk. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man. We uh, we super super appreciate uh, you listening and and also just giving us that feedback because that makes us feel like uh, I don't know what we do matters sometimes. <laughs> doesn't <laughs> doesn't come someone? On. All right, yeah. Guys, it's Jordan. They turn the truck me. How are y'all? What's up, Jordan? So, my heart I heard Jay had gone. He said his heart dropped. Right. Hmm. The Lone Star Throwdown. And I was like, wait, my boy's not going to tell me he's gone to the show? And then you continued on, said he wasn't there, so he was lying. So thank God <laughs> y'all were lying. Uh, my heart skipped a beat. I got very, very mad. But just checking in with you guys. I know it's been a while. Um, well, not too long. Three days is about as long as we go before we start missing <laughs> show, right? Um, it's, like we're, it's like we're dating Jordan. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Guys, I haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> Man, I love Jordan. John, I was thinking about you. I was cooking a brisket. Thought about making some of your Dr. Pepper barbecue sauce. Uh, but anyways, big news for me. Just bought myself a new 2021 Ford F-250. I saw that. Full blackout package, 6.7 diesel. And within 24 hours, I bought a new suspension, <laughs> wheels, tires, iPad dash, you know, the works. You know how it is. Truck fever. It's a sickness. Hope you guys are doing all right. And I will see you guys real soon, like less than three months. So they told the truck me, here we go. It's funny. Uh, Google Voice translated it, yeah, that part. It, it said strep fever, not truck fever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's, like he's got a disease. It happens. He's got strep throat or something. Yeah, well, you know, he's down there in Florida with all the ladies, so yeah. just take the pill. Hey, what, what's the date of uh, Daytona Truck Meet again? It's June 13th, I want to say. The day that uh, I have on our calendar to go out there? Yes. I guess I should think about getting uh, plane tickets. Soon, we do huh? need to. Hey, can you? Is uh, that 11, a, 12, 13. 11, 12th, and 13th 13, of yeah. June. All right. I, so, I got a book. I think he'll uh, hook us up with a hotel room. Yeah, he already said he would. Two of them? Yeah, I think so. Just so we don't have to share? Oh, we're definitely we not sharing. spend too much time together. In yeah, this. no. It, it's, all, it's bad enough we're dating, Jordan. Yeah, right. Now we got it. You and I have to Why date. Why don't you tell weird. everybody what your wife said? The fact that we're a handsome couple. <laughs> I posted a picture before we started this episode on our uh, At Truck Show podcast. I think it was on Stories, so it's gone by now. But And uh, my wife saw it, and she's like, oh, handsome couple. I was like, oh, that's bad news. Yeah, it is bad. Because I think I do see you more than her, Well, which is sad. Why don't we end this thing so you can go home to your family? <laughs> I don't think they would notice me if I were there, because I'm just uh, some... Rando dude in the house. No, no, your your uh, your house is small enough. They'd be like, "Hey, mom, why is there one less seat on the couch?" <laughs> that's true. That's true. All right, truck show podcast at gmail.com. Write us, won't you? The truck show. The truck show. The truck show. Oh, oh. Let's talk Nissan. All right, let's talk Nissan. Five year, one hundred thousand mile warranty. Fender audio. Uh, zero gravity seats. Uh, Pro Four X. Utility track in the bed. Dual side shocks. Oh, 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 Endurance V8. Big old screen. Uh, God view cameras. Uh, Nine-speed automatic transmission. Safety Shield 360. All available at your local Nissan dealer, NissanUSA.com, where you can spec out the Nissan Titan, Frontier, or NV van of your dreams. 
And take it from Jack Sandoz that the decked sliding drawer system will take a licking and keep on ticking. Or we'll take a bumping and keep on thumping. Ooh. I like that, because then you don't have to rip off, rip off Timex. Ooh. And you, or take a huckin' and... <laughs> keep on bucking. Keep on bucking. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That Ooh, was close. close. That was close. Super close. Uh, yeah, you should go over to uh, deck.com or at DeckUSA, and you can check out all the cool things they're offering. And, of course, we love the product. We've used the product. We use the product. It's in the truck I'm driving right, right now. now. Yeah. Those uh, awesome buttery smooth drawers. That's a nod to my friend Lightning here. Thank you. With those uh, Texas ball bearing. Uh, 2,000 pounds, watertight, lockable. You can well, get it the does, no, no, it doesn't. Toolbox. It doesn't weigh 2,000 pounds. You put 2,000 pounds on top of the deck system. Yeah, so you make a deck sandwich. <laughs> I like that. You can also put sandwiches in your deck. Oh, yeah. Are we going back there again? No, let's not do that. All right. And in case that uh, you were hucking your uh, truck with a deck system and 2,000 pounds on the back and you blew, <laughs> blew out, out the, the shocks, yeah. I knew you were, where uh, you were going. Head over to DrawLastParts.com uh, where you can uh, get direct replacement OE-designed uh, twin tube shocks for superior performance. Uh, matches the OE design for better handling and stability. And you can also upgrade to a monotube. So if you're one of those guys who tends to be tough on shocks, you might want to head down to your local AutoZone. And something cool happening in the next episode of the Truck Show Podcast, Holman and I have our own Truck Show Podcast satellite. Yes, it allows us to uh, reach automotive manufacturers and employees from around the globe. <laughs> or it's just called Zoom, and we're dialing up some uh, some folks from Ford. <laughs> uh, yeah, we might be talking about a uh, truck that just uh, came out from them, so uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, Oh, wait, we sh- shouldn't we tell them what it is? Nope. Really? You don't want to? No. You just want to tease it? Yeah. It's it it rhymes with <laughs> Don't tell them. Schmemmer. <laughs> Sounds like something I need to go to the doctor for. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, if you you take away anything from this show, anything, it's this. Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. Uh, that's not what I was going to tell them to take away from the show. I was going to ask them to take away that we might be better next show. So come on back and, and find out. You must be out of your mind. (laughs) The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. 